Hello and welcome to the May 16th, 2018 edition of Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. My name is Mr. Joe. This is my neighborhood. This is my life. But this is our podcast journey. Welcome to Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. everybody and welcome to another edition of Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. It's great to have everybody here with me today and of course it's wonderful to be with you. It's been a couple of days and I apologize for that. Uh, It's been a busy week, hectic week at work, which is really the reason why it has prevented me from coming on and recording. My work has not only been going on during the day, but it is kind of, uh, I guess, carried over into the nighttime. And when I say work, I'm not just talking about my employment, talking about my my work at home, being a father. You know, I am, um, I'm at work working hard, putting in a lot of hours, and I've expressed many, many times to my audience that basically the minute I get home... You know, Super Dad has to come into play. The cape goes on, the S on the shirt. I open it up, and there he is, Super Dad, because no matter what feeling I have, no matter what mood I'm in, tired, happy, sad, mad, glad, agitated, it doesn't matter when you got a one year old. There is no getting around anything. You just have to put on your super dad cape, your super dad shirt, and you have to be a dad. And it makes me happy to know that, well, it makes me proud to know that even back in the day when my children, my older children, were younger, I was capable of doing that as well. As my mind, my behavior, and my overall mental health began to deteriorate, I became less of a father, less of a husband, less of a worker, less of a provider, more of a drug addict, and more of a self-medicator. I want to believe that I always found a way to manage the two, ultimately being a mental case. I say that with all due respect to those of you who have bipolar disorder and being a father. And while I believe I was able to hide much of it from my older children, uh, I mean, based on all the things that I just said that I did, all the ways that I acted, I wasn't always the best dad. Just because I took care of them, it it was more about my ex-wife being lazy, if that means anything and it falling on me so I had no other choice and that's really what it comes down to now I was put to the test ultimately in terms of being a father two days ago because the way I woke up two days ago there are no words to describe what I felt like we all know what it feels like to be in that depressive mode that mood swing of depression, and I was on a pretty good, pretty even keel, doing very well. Uh, 
each day, as I've mentioned throughout several of my last podcasts, I have been tapering off the Suboxone, and it has not been easy. As a matter of fact, I just recently, a couple of days ago, cut my dose even more. Again, no clue what I'm at. Like I said a couple of days ago, I would imagine that it would not even show up in my urine, but regardless, two days ago, I woke up with such little energy in such a depressed mood there are really no words to describe it just imagine how you feel when you're depressed i mean i don't have to go into that we've discussed depression on multiple occasions i could barely get through work i could barely do anything during the day in terms of my job i mean You guys know when it takes effort to click your mouse at your computer desk, when it takes effort to open up the wrapper to the sandwich that your wife has made you for lunch, and then you don't even want to lift the sandwich to your mouth to eat it because you really have no appetite or because it's just too hard to eat, you know something is going on. So when I walked in two days ago into that house, I did not even have the strength to put the Super Dad cape on. But you got to find a way to make it through. And it was really irking me. Before I get into that, I, 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 it's really not a, a long story because ultimately I did make it through. Something that helped dramatically and this is one of the hardest things in the world to do, guys, is to force yourself to exercise. And while I am not exercising at the gym yet, I have yet to return to the gym and do weight training because I am waiting on a settlement to be completely resolved. I, uh, well, well, let me correct that. I have been given the okay to work out. I am not doing this when I say waiting on a settlement to be resolved. I'm not doing it because I say to myself or say to my audience, well, once I get paid, I'm going to go back and do what I've been refraining from doing for the sake of hiding it from an insurance company. No, that's not what I'm doing. I just don't trust anybody or anything. And although I've been given the okay by my doctors to go back and work out, I just don't trust people. And until I get my money, That's when I say to myself, you know what, then I'll go and I'll work out. But regardless, that does not prevent me from walking. And I will say this, as horrible as a day of a day as I had two days ago, my wife forced me uh, to walk, to walk the neighborhood. And we walked about two miles. We put Mickey in the stroller. I took the dogs. By the way, my, my... physical strength was so weak just so you know my dogs one of them at least pulls a lot she really pulls i don't know what to do for that either by the way i can't get her to heal i can't get her to do anything one of them is a pleasure the other one is a nightmare but uh, i guess one they saw a squirrel or a bird i don't know what it is and they yanked the leash so hard that now for two days my left side i have a hernia that unfortunately I've never operated on. And again, these are things that we ignore because we're so concerned about our mental illness or our mental state that I know for me at least I keep putting off these physical ailments that should be rectified or at least attended to and because they don't bother me for an extended period of time. I just kind of forget about them until I'm reminded that when they yank this leash, bam, my hernia 
pops out of my left side and um, luckily I was able to pop it back in I know that sounds gross but that's really what I did and until it happens again I probably won't get it looked at or get it fixed and it's very very sad but the moral of the story is we walked about two miles myself holding the dogs and my wife wheeling the carriage and I felt like a new man an absolute new man and what it led me to do was to actually analyze why the heck I was feeling the way I had been feeling for that particular day. Because I have to tell you, one of the things that goes on with my depression, when it is considered to be a mood swing, part of a bipolar disorder mood swing, my energy is low, but it's never this low. Never this low. And it's usually more about crying and sadness and hopelessness, but I'm usually able to plug along in terms of my physical well-being, for the most part. At least I usually do not find myself wanting to be under the covers and drawing the blinds. And don't get me wrong, it does get to that, it does get there, especially when it's uh, you know a long one, so to speak, a long mood swing, which again, for me, long as a rapid cycler, is not as long as some of my unfortunate listeners can experience when you might go through weeks or months of these horrible deep dark depressions for me it would be three to ten days which is not a very long time but then unfortunately I would switch back into mania mode and we've discussed this many times but again um, never had such low energy before so because I had my thinking cap back on it really allowed me to look at what I had done now and I realized what I had done, and it's very, very simple. I explained to you all that in the morning, when I wake up at 4.45, the first thing that happens is my body seeks out the Suboxone. And I don't know if I've ever reviewed what my, I guess you could call it, routine slash ritual is, but when my body awakens to receive that dose of Suboxone, I jump out of bed. On my nightstand, I have a little... Uh, medicine case, you know, the, the little uh, each day, and I'm sure many of you use that, you know, that little pill box, I guess you call it. And in the pill box, I have my dosage of Suboxone, whatever that may be. It's almost like, and if I was to be, I, I mean, think about this dosage now and how hard it is for me to cut this. And think of the size of, I guess you could say, think of a dime. If you were to cut a dime into fours, okay, and then cut those fours into halves, so each of the four pieces, now you're cutting those four pieces of a dime in half, and then you're cutting those halves into another half maybe even smaller, that's about what my dosage is, so, but yet, it's just, that's how strong of a medicine Suboxone is, okay, and I know that some of it is mental, I get that, but clearly it's not, because here is what took place, and again, I'll review for you, I get up, I swing my legs out of bed, I open up whatever corresponding day it is, I dump it over onto my nightstand, and then I pray every morning that I have enough 
of a stickiness to my finger, but not too much because you don't want it to get stuck to your finger, that I can pick that piece of Suboxone film up on my finger. I open my mouth. I pull my finger close to my mouth, under my tongue, and I place it under my tongue, and the saliva that is under my tongue, it catches the Suboxone, and I let it dissolve, and I would say it usually dissolves in about five seconds now, maybe less, who knows, but what I did two days ago was I went about my routine, and here is where I messed up. Here is where I messed up. I woke up with a tremendous headache that day, horrible, horrible headache, and when I put the Suboxone under my tongue, I immediately ran to the kitchen, and I took two Tylenol for my head, and in order to get the Tylenol down, I had to drink water. I am in full belief that when I drank that water, because, but remember, the Suboxone is sublingual. That means it has to be under your tongue. Now, if it goes in other ways, like if you kind of swallow it, does it, does it work? To some extent, yes, but it is actually not going to have the full effect. That would sometimes happen with bigger pieces. A lot of times, what people often do is they get it stuck to the back of their teeth. And there are rumors and suggestions and all kinds of advice and, and opinions online that say, well, if it gets stuck to your teeth, it's eventually going to make its way under your tongue and you're going to get your actual dosage. I could tell you right now, based on my own experience, whatever dosage I am supposed to be on for that particular day, if I don't get that in my system, I'm a damn disaster. And it is evident to me that the time frame, and I'm saying within five seconds, that's how, that's how bad my head was blasting. And I happened to have the Tylenol on the countertop. I opened it up, bam, put that in, drank my water, and I believe the Suboxone never made its way to dissolve underneath my tongue. And I guess it kind of went down the hatch. Is it, is it, now, it's nearly impossible to know whether that happened or not because it is such a small piece. If I can make the analyzation or the comparison even better, think of Microsoft Word. We all know a document. You're looking on the screen, and you see a period at the end of a sentence. Make it like twice the size of a period on a Microsoft Word document, and that's about the size of the dosage that I'm on. That's how little it is, but that's how much of a of a of a effect it has on my body. And what leads me to believe that it was more of a mixed dosage, uh, a missed dosage, sorry about that, of Suboxone is the fact that I was able to, at nighttime, so easily able to bring my energy up just by exercising, aka walking around the neighborhood. Something for you to remember or for those of you who may be in the midst of battling an opiate addiction, when you come off the opiates, after those acute withdrawals, and by acute withdrawals I mean throwing up, diarrhea, shakes, shivers, hot, cold, um, you know, once that all passes, that flu, those flu-like symptoms, in order to get your energy back and a lot of times to get yourself out of a depression, what you can do is exercise as hard as it may be that helps. And of course, it does help depression as well. They do say, and it is absolutely scientifically proven, that 
by exercising, you can increase your or improve your mood. And a lot of times it helps with depression. The problem is it takes us a hell of a lot to get motivated to do those things. But the truth of the matter is, once you do them, you do feel a little bit better. In my experience, more so when you're coming off an opiate or Suboxone. Sadly, a lot of times with opiates slash Suboxone, the relief is only temporary. For example, during my 188-day withdrawal, I used to force myself to speed walk around the block because I believed that the exercise would help me. I would be hysterically crying. I would put my kids on the bus. Uh, I would be anxious at the bus stop while I was shaking, literally. They had no idea. I would come inside. I would cry. I would get down on my hands and knees. I would ask God to take my life. I would say, please, just, just make me sick. Make me die of a disease so these poor children don't have to see their father like this anymore. It actually makes me very sad to think of the way that I used to be. And I've been like that before in terms of depression. And here I go, trying to stop myself from those tears. Makes me very sad to think of that. Uh, but what I would do is I would force myself to run up and down the street, literally just run from point A to point B if it was a couple of houses, speed walk around the block, and then I would come back in the house and I'd be like, wow, holy crap, I feel better. Uh, it's gone. The withdrawals are gone. And unfortunately, it would last about a half hour and then I'd be back into sad mode. So what what convinces me even more so that it was a misdosage of Suboxone and mismanagement of my medication is yesterday I absolutely, definitely 100% got my Suboxone and I could tell you right now that I was a maniac. <laughs> I was an absolute maniac in terms of my mood. I was happy, I was elated, I was speedy, probably a little bit of hypomania thrown in there. Uh, to the point where I came home from work, and it was very different from two days ago, whereas if I was not dreading my son, but dreading the idea of finding things to do to make him happy and to make him busy and the struggle of what it would be like in terms of looking at the time and seeing the time elapse so slowly and counting down the minutes until my wife would get home, not to take over, because I never look at it from that perspective. I never want her to take over. Just to be there to support me. That's all. Whereas yesterday, I walked in. I said hello. I gave him kisses. I gave him hugs. I told my wife, get your butt out there and get on the bus and go do what you got to do. Normally, I'm kind of upset about the fact that she's leaving. And while I never like to see her leave... I was more about, go make that money, girl. You know, go do it. Get on out of here. Dad has got his super cape on, his super dad on, and I'm ready to rock and roll. And not only did I rock and roll, I mean, I went to town in the sense where I went into the shed with my son. I grabbed the old pool, well, new pool, but when I say old, it hasn't been used since last summer. Cause it was very hot in Mr. Joe's neighborhood yesterday followed by a horrible, horrible uh, thunder and lightning storm, but that's a whole nother story. The, the time that I got home from work, grabbed the pool, threw it on the ground. My son's looking at me like I got ten heads now, like, Daddy, what are we doing here? Ran inside and got a big pot, 
you know, some of those, one of those pots that you boil macaroni or pasta in, a huge pot. You could even throw a couple of crabs in there. You could probably boil uh, lobster in there. That's how big this thing was. And I put the pool rather close to the laundry room, which has an outside door as well, and also has a sink in the laundry room. I believe they call it a slop sink, something like that. And I filled that bucket up with semi-warm water because I always worry about my, you know, everybody thinks I'm crazy. I worry about my son's feet. Are they cold? (laughs) His hat, is his head cold? You know, I'm I'm just, I'm very overprotective when it comes to my kids. And I know it's ridiculous. Uh, And believe me, for those of you who act the same way, it's really ridiculous on my end because I just... I overdo it with a lot of things. I'm not saying it's not a good thing to care about your child and their well-being, but I overdo it, and I know I do. You know, yesterday, here I am getting a pool ready, but at the same token, I'm worried about him walking on the bare floor because his feet are going to be cold once he gets inside. Just completely ridiculous. But nevertheless, I don't want to put in freezing cold water in there, okay? I want him to be comfortable, and... I took that pot, filled it up with water, walked it over to that pool, dumped it in, filled that pot, walked it over to the pool, dumped it in. You know, took about 10 trips, didn't care. Energy like you wouldn't believe. And my beautiful son, Mickey, my goodness, did he have such a good time. I took pictures, I took videos, I sent them to my wife while she was on the bus. I felt like a million bucks. Absolute million bucks. And why? Well, one of two reasons. Either Mr. Joe was hypomanic as compared to depressed the day before and unfortunately dealing with mixed episodes, or Mr. Joe mismanaged his medication two days ago and managed it correctly yesterday. And the the result was me being in a good mood. And here's the interesting thing. Fast forward to this morning. I woke up again, and now I've come up with the solution here, or the answer, okay, that Mr. Joe mismanaged his medication. But today I, I know this. I know I got my Suboxone dose. There is no doubt in my mind. I had a very good night's sleep, too, I might add. We slept in the air conditioning last night. It was great. Woke up, took my Suboxone. I actually fell back asleep for a little while as well. I'd say only about 15, 20 minutes, and then my eyes popped open. I was ready to go. Rolled out of bed. I had ironed my clothes in preparation for work the night before because, remember, I was plenty of, had plenty of energy, so I made sure everything was prepared. Now, really, all I had to do was take a shower, eat breakfast, throw those clothes on, and get ready for work. The problem is, this morning... I couldn't move again. You all know that feeling. I literally had cement taped to the bottom of my feet. I could not move to the point where I felt, literally felt embarrassed in front of my wife. And I said, I am just so sorry. Uh, I am such a sicko. Uh, I don't know what is going on. I know I got my medicine today. I just don't know what's happening. I really don't. I don't understand this. And uh, it, it was so disturbing to me that I said, you know what? I'm writing to my doctor, and it's time. 
it's now time because this has been up and down too much. I said, I am on 150 milligrams of Welbutrin. This is not cutting it anymore. So, and just so you know, I did not write my doctor. I am seeing my doctor on Monday, so I am going to wait until then to tell her whether I am wrong or right. I really don't care because I have decided that as of today, Mr. Joe increases to 300 milligrams of Welbutrin. And that's what I did. Now, here's the other analyzation I have come up with. And I think this might make sense. And this is why this is medication management. That is what the name of this podcast is. Because what I have realized is this. I just explained to you work's been busy. You know, at the start of this podcast. My schedule has been a little bit off as of late. I've been trying to put in some additional hours at the office from an earlier perspective because I've been getting home early in order to allow my wife to get on that bus ride. So I'm at a busy time of the year where while it's nice to have a four to six hour work day because I'm allowed to do that and quote unquote work from home, a lot of times you don't get exactly what you need to get done in terms of working from home. So I needed that additional time in the office. So I will say this, since probably Thursday of last week, I've been taking on this somewhat of a new schedule and not only rising earlier, or well, I wouldn't say rising earlier, rising on the same time, but eating breakfast and showering and, and like I said, the ironing of the clothes the night before, being prepared and ready to walk out the door much earlier than I normally am. Let's say I walk out that door, and I'm going to give you some time frame examples. So the last, since January, let's say since January, and this is not only the case, but if I was to average it out, let's say since January, I walk out the door at 8.30. I do the same thing every day in terms of the showering, eat my breakfast, take my medicine with my breakfast, leave 8.30. Now let's just say as of Thursday, Remember, January, February, March, April, May, for five months I've been doing the same thing in terms of my medication. Since last Thursday, because I've been leaving earlier, well, guess what? That means that my medication has been going in earlier. Thursday I went in early. Friday I did not. Monday I did not. Tuesday I did, which is today. I mean, I have been all over the place throwing the weekends where I attempted to get back on track to what I normally have been doing since January in terms of my medication time. And what I've realized is since last Thursday, I have made significant changes in terms of my administering my medication. The times are all off. They're all off. I am so used to 7.30, popping that pill or those pills in the morning. And around 7.30 at night, taking my second dose of pills, my Lamictal. But guess what? I mean, I have been off, man. Thursday, maybe 6 o'clock, I I, I took my uh, Welbutrin and my Lamictal and all those. I mean, what's happening there is now you are drawing your, your dosages closer together. If you're maintaining the time that you take at night, but then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you start messing around and you start taking your medication earlier, 
And then you do that for a couple of days, and then you, the weekend hits, and you say, well, I'm not going to work, so I normally take my medicine at 7.30. That's what I'm going to do. I did not even realize that this is what I was doing. Did not even realize, but there was almost a two-hour difference some days in terms of where I, well, when I've been taking my medication as compared to the same time over the last five years. So I will tell you this. There is no doubt in my mind that if you are inconsistent with the times that you take your medicine, and I am living proof of it, things cannot always be good. Things won't always be good even if you take your medicine. So throw in that monkey wrench of altering your medication schedule and you're going to mess things up. There is no doubt in my mind. So it's very important if you're going to take your medication to take it consistently, take it at the same time each day, each morning, each night. Listen, I know this. There was a time in my life where I was on an anxiety medication, not a benzo. It was something called Boost Bar. And we have not talked a whole lot about that medication. I am un, I am unsure if I've even brought it up. I have been on so many medications in the past. And by the way, I have to tell you, there was a time in my life where I was on Wellbutrin and Boost Bar together. And it actually worked very, very well. I spent a lot of my time in mania towards the end because I was coming off the Suboxone and finally discovered the Wellbutrin and the Boost Bar for anxiety and I was not allowed to take any benzos and once the uh, Suboxone withdrawal started to subside a little bit around days 188 because I was not on a mood stabilizer my Wellbutrin kind of had me amped up still was on that Boost Bar and I was able to for the most part throughout most of it maintain or control my anxiety took me a while to recognize that there was something other than a benzo that would help with my anxiety but boost bar is a medication that it has to be taken twice a day it's taken in the morning and it's taken at night doesn't work any other way it needs to be constantly in your body i was on a very low dosage i'm very sensitive to medication as i've made mention of before although i have to say i'm, I'm starting to get up there as i've gotten older those, those little doses of medication to manage my bipolar disorder, they don't work any longer. I am on the maximum in terms of bipolar disorder management with Lamictal, and I, am, I have every intention of moving up higher in Wellbutrin once I come off the Suboxone completely, because I'm telling you right now, when I do come off that Suboxone, it is not going to be easy. And I know I should not be convincing myself of this. I should be positive. I should mind over matter. But I'm telling you, if, 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 if what I felt the other day is any indication of what I am going to feel when that medicine is not in my body, well, I am in for it. But with that being said, let's think about this. And if I am correct in the fact that two days ago I did not get my Suboxone, well, guess what? I made it through. I was able to go the day and make it through, so it is possible, which is wonderful. So, very important to take your medication if you want to stay, for the most part, stable. we got enough problems staying stable to begin with, so let's take our medication on a consistent basis. I will tell you this, um, right now, I feel good. But I will say this, and I don't care what anybody says, I absolutely felt that Wellbutrin kick in 
and I don't want to say in a good way or a bad way, just a different way. I am definitely leveled out now, but in terms of side effects, let's say I took my Wellbutrin this morning about 7.30, double dose. By about 11 o'clock, I had an extreme difficulty concentrating. It's like I could not transfer the words to my brain, things that I was reading. In some instances, I had to copy things from one page to another uh, on, a, on a computer screen. Uh, in other words, look at a computer screen and see what the spelling was, was of something in terms of a document that I could not cut and paste. And then I would have to switch tabs and actually write or type in those words, and I just kept going back and back and back and forth and back and forth because I just couldn't concentrate. And I told you that I had problems with that to begin with, but man, was it a nightmare today. Uh, before I had that concentration problem at 11 o'clock, I will tell you this, from the time I walked into the office up until 11, I was Mr. Manic Man, talking up a storm from the moment I walked in to the point where I had to warn everybody. I said, everybody, I upped my antidepressant. Get ready. It's going to be a hell of a ride today. Uh, everybody laughed, and I was extremely talkative. And what had happened was when I started feeling that uh, inability to concentrate at about 11 o'clock, Mr. Joe got real quiet, real quiet, because you, here's what happens. You know, your body, your mind, you start to feel something that you're not, normally feeling and with me at least especially when it's related to medication you start to think and say well is this normal am I supposed to feel this way is something even worse going to happen because I up my dosage but here I am and everything is fine and the good news is that if I maintain the correct appropriate medication management then for the most part, these side effects should be short-lived. Everything should level out. And hopefully I could stay out of this deep, dark depression that seems to creep up on me every couple of days. I am, without a doubt, a mixed cycler, uh, a rapid cycler, mixed episodes. There's no doubt. The, the good thing is, if everybody remembers or recalls, my mixed episodes were just that. They were sad, they were happy, they were sad, all within a within a twenty four hour time frame. I would cry, I would I would laugh, I would you know, within an hour I'd be hysterical crying, calling suicide hotlines, and then like I've said so many times, I'd be rapping and rhyming and feel like a million bucks and then bam, I'm back to crying and then I'm hurting myself and then I'm irritable. This would all happen uh interchangeably within hour periods. You know, that's that's at least for me, what my mixed episodes rapid cycling has been, I will tell you this, that does not happen, and it's because of medication. If I am going to have mixed episodes, I, I can't even call them mixed episodes anymore. I, I believe those have been, that they have gone. The only thing that has now happened is, as I've explained many, many times, my rapid cycling has, which used to last, like, let's say, three days, seven days, ten days, and then bam, I would switch over from manic to depressed for another three days, and then bam, I'd go back to manic uh, for another seven days, and uh, that that is not happening. Uh, 
I will say this, on a daily basis, I seem to be going up and down. So the duration has somewhat lessened, as I've said many times, and the intensity, the severity of the mood swings, are they're, they're manageable, and this is what medication does for us. But again, it's not going to work. Well, it will work, but it's going to change things up a little bit on you if you don't take your medicine at the right time, if you skip doses, if you take them at the wrong times on different days, and you are not consistent on with when it comes to taking your medication. So get on a schedule, get a pillbox, set an alarm. Uh, we all have cell phones. Put a reminder in if you have to, and take that medicine the same time each and every day. That's my news. If you're living with a mental illness, you're doing well. I want you to keep working hard. It's very important that you keep working hard. If you love someone, you care about somebody who has a mental illness, as hard as it might be, I ask that you continue to support that person to the best of your ability. And if you are struggling right now with a mental illness, my advice to you is to keep fighting, keep battling as hard as that might be. And most importantly, I ask you to soldier on. Thank you for listening to Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. Everybody have a great day, and I'll see you again soon.